ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Before we begin today, I want to let you know that there may be some explicit language in today's episode. We may be talking about some things that you may want to put some headphones on if you like to listen to my podcast with your kids, or you may not. Because today we are talking about your pleasure. Now, before you switch off and you find another podcast and you think, oh God, I don't want to think about orgasm. I don't want to think about my pleasure. I want to learn how to just be happier in life. I want to learn from you the science. I want to learn from you how to live my purpose. I have realized lately that we cannot live our purpose. We cannot live our happiest life. If we are not focused, if we are not consumed with our own pleasure, and some of that is sexual, some of that is just having fun. Where has the fun gone? I mean, I have had this realization lately that I have not been having enough fun in life. And that might seem crazy as an expert in happiness, but I am so dedicated to you my listeners. I am so dedicated to my clients. I am so dedicated to my husband and to our marriage. I am so dedicated to creating a big movement of women who become the women they were born to be. I'm so dedicated to teaching the science of happiness that I kind of myself have put my own fun on the back burner. And I have been changing that. I have been recognizing it. I have been changing that. And it is changing my life. So today we are going to talk about your fun, your pleasure, so that you can be the happiest that you have ever been. So when is the last time you had fun? Like rolling around in tears, laughing with your girlfriends, or the sun and the wind in your hair, and you were on a speedboat, or you were in a convertible, or you were just frolicking around Rome or Ireland or wherever it is that your heart desires to go. When was the last time you had hot, passionate sex for like two hours? Multiple orgasms or even no orgasm, but so much pleasure. This is the kind of fun. This is the kind of pleasure, all of it, that we are deserving of, that we actually need. I'm going to talk about what that kind of pleasure, what that kind of fun actually does for your stress levels, what it does for your body's makeup, for your ability to ward off things like heart disease, and what it does to improve your relationships, what it does to create a business, what it does to make you more creative. But first, I want you to take that question seriously. When is the last time you had amazing fun? About a month ago, I was with girlfriends in Sanibel Island, and we were waiting until our dinner reservations. We had come off the beach, we had had a glass of wine, and we had about an hour before our dinner reservations, and we had the music on, 
And I don't remember which one of us just started dancing before showering, before any of that. And before you knew it, we were in tears, laughing, dancing and dancing and dancing and making up routines and being silly. And two of our girlfriends, they were talking in a corner. So we just kept going up to them and doing shows and then we would move on. And we did this for like an hour to the point where we didn't even have time to shower before going out for dinner. And it was so much fun. That's the kind of fun that we need all the time in order to get the benefits of the good hormones that I'm going to talk about, in order to get the benefits for our lives. Now, it doesn't take a genius or a master's degree in happiness like I have to tell you that to be happier, you need to have more fun. Yet so many women that I talk to have cut fun out of their lives. One of my clients owns her own business and has children and a large extended family that she cares for and she spends a lot of time with and she loves. She doesn't have time for fun. She doesn't have time just to frolic, just to enjoy. And certainly she enjoys her children. Certainly she enjoys her business. But I'm talking about the kind of fun that is has no purpose to it. The purpose is simply to have fun. You know, this just came up in my Purpose Girl Mastermind group of women entrepreneurs who are growing their own purpose-based businesses. One of them is the hardest working entrepreneur that I know. She has three or four businesses going at once. She always has new ideas. She is so of service to all of the other women in the group. She has been in other groups of mine and she's been so like service oriented, offering to help them in any way that she can. She's incredible. But she realized last week that she's been completely void of fun. She went out with friends and just enjoyed herself. And it was so refreshing and so nourishing. And I can totally relate. It's like we spend so much time head down in whatever it is that we need to do. That fun is not only lacking, it's like, who has time for it? But we need it. Research shows that positive emotions like joy, positive emotions like laughing. The Mayo Clinic talks about that laughing is one of the best medicines that you can have. Because what positive emotions do for your brain, literally they defend against negativity bias. On my podcast, I have talked about negativity bias, which is that as humans, we have a fight-flight threat response that is always active because it's for survival. Our ancestors thousands of years ago needed to always be on the lookout for threats, so they were always looking for what was wrong in order to be able to survive. They were looking at, are those berries poisonous, or can my family make it through the winter? We don't have those issues. What we have instead is we're always on the lookout for what did my husband do wrong, or is my boss going to piss me off today, or why aren't I happy? But positive emotions, what they do, research shows when someone is induced with positive emotions, like watching a movie of puppies playing or watching a Robin Williams laughter comedy skit, and then they go into a brain scan. Literally what happens is that their prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that is responsible for creativity, that is responsible for trust and connections with other people, the part of our brain that helps us to ward off stress, 
that part of our brain is lit up in a brain scan when we have positive emotions. So fun is literally necessary for our brains. But we make our pleasure last. You know, like we think that if we work really hard, then we'll be able to have fun afterwards. Or like, you know, it's more important. Like, have you ever thought, well, it's more important for me to get my to-do list done, or it's more important, you know, a girlfriend asks you, let's have a night out, and you think, oh, I would love to, but I've got, you know, a list 10 miles long of things I need to do. Or you hear about a dance class, maybe it's a pole dancing class, or maybe it's a belly dancing class, or maybe it is a painting class, you hear about it, and your heart goes, oh, I would love to do that. But you look and you go, well, I've got better uses for my money right? I need to pay for little Jimmy's braces, right? Or, oh, I can't, I shouldn't spend money on that right now. We really should be saving more. We think it's more important to work hard. We think it's more important to serve everyone else's needs than it is to serve our own at all. And because of that, most women I know are literally starved for pleasure, literally starved, And most women I know, when we do take a moment and have fun, we feel guilty, right? Have you ever played hooky from work and you're laying in bed or you're laying on the couch and you're like, oh, but I should be at work. Or you turn down a meeting that someone's invited you to or going out with your in-laws or doing something so that you can do something for yourself and then you feel guilty about it. Right? I find that most of us women feel guilty when we attend to our own pleasure and then we're actually losing the benefits of the pleasure. But all humans need play. Think about it. When we are children, children play. That is how they make their friends. That is how they make connections. That's how they build up healthy endorphins that keep their bodies healthy. They play. In fact, one of my favorite tools to give clients is a tool all about knowing your own strengths. And it's this amazing tool called the VIA, Values in Action Survey of Character Strengths. And there is a version for children and there's a version for adults. Among children, the top strength in the United States is zest, zest, playfulness, right? That high energy, that vibrancy, that is among the lowest. Zest is among the lowest for adults. Ladies, we have got to take our zest back. We've got to take our playfulness back. We've got to take our fun back. Here's the thing about being a woman. Did you know that we were actually born for pleasure? That we need it? Think about it. We are the life givers. Every human alive came from woman. And so if we are just giving, 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 but we aren't refueling and filling up, we literally can't create, right? To be creative, you actually have to have input. You can ask this of any artist. They need a muse, whether that muse is fruit or it is water lilies or it is people. My aunt is an incredible painter and her grandchildren are her muses. One of them in particular, one of her grandchildren is a singer and is an artist herself and changes the color of her hair all the time. And she is my aunt's muse. So my aunt has to fill up, fill up, fill up, be taking in sights and sounds and colors and visions in order to then produce and create. Well, the same is true of us. 
for us to give and give and give. And we are giving to the bone, ladies. You know that you are. But if you are not refueling and filling up with just pure pleasure, that is when you become burnt out. That is when you have nothing left to give. So I want you to take a moment here and I want you to think about what is fun for you. I mean, literally just fun. No other string attached. Is it dancing with wild abandon? Is it running around the house naked and, you know, putting on pearls, but just running around the house naked? Is it, you know, dancing to the, to Cindy Lauper? Is it travel? Is it exploring new things? Is it going to museums? Is it spending time with girlfriends? Is it painting or singing? Is it coloring inside of those coloring books? Like what, what is just pleasurable for you? And if you don't know, then this is your wake-up call. That will be a purpose power tip at the end of this podcast. Your wake-up call to get clear on what is just pure pleasure for you. Because you know no one else is going to be looking out for your pleasure. Pleasure gets such a bad rap. Pleasure is totally forgotten. In fact, researching for this podcast in order to look up pleasure, I looked up the word pleasure and in the psychology research, and most of it was about sex. In fact, all of it that I could find, I had to change my search words. So let's talk about sex. Let's talk about how you deserve a pleasurable life. You deserve someone who is treating your body as pure pleasure. And by the way, that someone needs to begin with you. Now, you may not want to hear this, but that is the truth. Women, it is incredible. When you look at our anatomy and you look at your own body, your own genitals, women have a clitoris. And your clitoris, like maybe you know this, maybe you don't want to hear this, but it is super important. Again, if you want to live your purpose, you want to create a thriving business that is attracting in clients, you want to have a relationship that is smoking hot and is loving and is feeding you, you want to be your happiest self, then this is super important. I gather most women, just from what I'm seeing in my work and with my new mentor, that most women have not ever looked at themselves. I have to admit to all of you that I thought, oh, I'm so progressive. I've totally looked. However, I've realized recently that the only time I have ever looked at my own pussy, and I'm going to use that word, and you might hate that word. I'll say vagina for now, but it's not anatomically correct. But the only time I have ever looked was when there was an itch, when there was something wrong, a burning sensation, and I wanted to check it out. However, as women, part of our anatomy is a clitoris. And a clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings that are just for pleasure. Think about it. There is no other purpose for your clitoris other than pleasure. Now, that is freaking cool. Now, if every part of our bodies was designed exactly as it needs to be, our eyes are in the right place to be able to see, and our fingers are in the right place to be able to pick up food, and our hearts are in the right place to beat it and send blood and oxygen to the rest of our body, we have to assume that we 
evolved to have a clitoris for a reason. But there is no other purpose for your clitoris other than pleasure. Now, when I heard this, I became so excited because I was like, this just proves that women actually were born for pleasure and that our pleasure matters. Now, if you think about procreation, if you think that, you know, from a biological perspective, a woman's kind of main purpose, as one of my professors once said, was for procreation, then of course we needed an organ, a body part that was just for pleasure because the more pleasurable we felt, the more children we would have. But this is freaking cool. Compare our clitoris to a man's penis. Do you know men only have 4,000 nerve endings in their whole penis? And their penis is multifunctional? I mean, it pees, it ejaculates, right? Sperm, like semen. This is amazing. Our clitoris is only for pleasure. And what that says is, ladies, we were literally created for pleasure. We literally need it because every part of the body is needed. And so we literally need pleasure in order to live our best lives. And the cool thing about this is that when you have fun, and I mean, right now, right now, if you are not driving and you are able to stand up and you are just able to take a 30 second dance break, nitric oxide is released throughout your bodies. That is turning on neurotransmitters. That is giving you a surge of all the good hormones that is making you reduce stress, that creates more prolactin, which is for bonding, that gives you that surge of endorphin, like how, you know, exercise, even though none of us ever want to do it, it feels good. 30 seconds of dancing will totally change your whole day. We need pleasure. And so it might seem frivolous, but how would your life change if you had that bolt, that boost of joy? several times a day. If you did nothing else, but you just did three 30-second dance breaks throughout the day, how would your life change? Well, I'll tell you because I've been doing it. My life is changing drastically. I have been actually paying attention and actually honoring my pleasure. I am always working with a mentor. I can't ask you to engage in your own work and your own development and becoming the best woman that you can be and becoming the woman that you were born to be if I'm not doing the same. And I have been feeling a call for about a year, maybe two years now, to explore my sensual side, knowing that there was more to me than an academic. I am an academic and I love the science of women's happiness, but there is more to me, knowing that there is more in my body And the fact is that as a little girl, I was a very sensual little girl. I actually remember rubbing myself against my sheets, right? Like masturbating, pleasuring myself when I was five years old. Now, maybe some of you are grossed out by that. Or maybe some of you are like, oh my God, I thought it was just me. It's actually very normal. But I didn't think it was normal. I thought it was shameful. And so I was actually a very sensual little girl, but I kept it all to myself. And that's fine. I didn't need to be doing it like in synagogue or, you know, at Thanksgiving dinner table. But I kept my sensual self in a closet. I kept my sensual self hidden. 
I thought it was much more important to just focus on my grades, much more important to get all A's, much more important to be perfect. But there was this beautiful, sensual, secret side of me. And that secret side gave me a lot of pleasure. And I realized recently that in my drive for success, first in my corporate career and then doing this career, that that pleasure has totally gone on the back burner. And what's happened is with my husband, I have expected him to feed my pleasure. I've expected him to be the one who gives it to me, that it's his responsibility to give me an orgasm or it's his responsibility to set up the house with roses and candles and create the romance. And then I have gotten frustrated when he doesn't do it. It is not his responsibility. I am learning from my new mentor, Regina Thomashauer. She created the School of Womanly Arts. She wrote the book Pussy, which is a New York Times bestselling book. If you have not read it, run, and I mean run to get that book. And I will put, uh, there is a link in the show notes. Because she so well explains why our pleasure matters. At our session together, our, I'm in a group with her, she said that, you know, 20 years ago, she herself was, her whole life, actually, she was on this um, search for the goddess, search for what it was to be a goddess. Well, where was the goddess? And she was in the search for her own pleasure because she was depressed. She was going through her own depression. And as she started learning about pleasure and about sensuality and about femininity and the beautiful power of femininity. And she started teaching this to other people. She realized how hungry, how starved women are for their own pleasure, how starved women are for fun, how much we have cut ourselves off from our sensuality because a priest said it wasn't good or okay, because your parents maybe said, you know, to stop doing that. It was shameful because You liked a boy or a girl when you were younger and they didn't return the favor. And so you found shame in your sexuality. This is so common. I'm not saying this is true for you, but it might be true for someone else, a friend of yours, your sister, your mother, your daughter. And ladies, this is important. She is the one, Regina is the one who has been teaching me about my clitoris, to be honest. And it's the word pussy is hers. And I love this because she says that we need to take the word back. You might hate this word. You might cringe every time I say it on this podcast. That's exactly why you probably need to hear it. I thought, oh, why would she call her book that? And she says she didn't want to call her book that. It came to her and she knew she needed to because pussy is like the worst criticism. You call a boy a pussy or a man a pussy and we're calling them weak. You call a woman that and it's degrading. But there is no holistic name for our own body part of pleasure, our body part of creation, our body part that is life-giving. You might think vagina, but that is only the opening. That doesn't include your clitoris or the lips and all the part around it. That's the vulva. And so whatever you want to call it, whatever name feels good for you, the point is to begin to give it some attention. If you want 
your partner to pleasure you, you actually have to first know what is pleasurable for you and know how to do it yourself. You have to know those 8,000 nerve endings. And it doesn't only come from sex. It's important that we know what pleasures us and it's important because otherwise all we see right, are movies that make it seem like every time there's intercourse, the woman is over the moon elated or like the porn that is out there. You know, one of my concerns is what young boys are seeing and young girls, but boys watch, young boys watch porn more than young girls statistically. And the images that, whether it's a boy or a girl, the images that they're seeing of porn for the most part are that intercourse, you know, Fast, hard intercourse is what is going to make a woman orgasm. And that is not necessarily true. It is different for every single one of us. And however it is for you is more than okay. It is great. So I actually had the experience the other day of sitting with a mirror and actually just getting to know my pussy. Now, if this is turning you off, then I suggest you keep listening because what we actually need are these beautiful, connected experiences with our own bodies. I'll tell you what that experience led me to do. It actually led me to be closer with my husband because he's always telling me I'm beautiful. And I'm always telling him, oh, you know, kind of being grossed out or like, I don't want to really talk about it or no, it's not that pretty. But if I can find myself beautiful, if you can find yourself beautiful, every part of you, whether it is your clitoris or it is your belly or it is your thighs, when you love every part of yourself, when you literally see the sensuality in your curves and the jiggles and your sensuality in being a woman, now that is power. Have you ever seen those women, they walk into a room and it doesn't matter what they look like. It's just that they're captivating. A woman who loves herself is captivating. This is the benefit of pleasure. Whether sexual pleasure or whether fun in any other way, the point is, is that as women, we need it. I did this incredible thing the other day that I'm actually very proud of. My husband has been working so hard. He works for my business and he is a math tutor to kids and he has so many responsibilities and I wanted to treat him. So what I did is the minute he left for a tutoring session, I had one hour to set up a really special evening for us. And I ran to the store and I got red roses and I came home and I started putting vegetables into pans with some coconut oil and salt pepper started getting dinner in an oven and then I started spreading those rose petals all the way from the front door all the way up the stairs all the way into the bedroom on the bed into the bathroom I made us a bubble bath I put the additional roses and linen napkins on the table lit candles and put candles all the way up the stairs I then turned on Enya and put a door, a note on the front door that said, join me, lover. I heard the door open. I was up in the bedroom with a rose in my mouth and I heard the door open and I was squealing with delight because I knew that this was going to delight him. 
And how many times, ladies, do we want them to do this for us? And then we're like, we hear about it maybe from a friend, and then we're jealous, and then we're angry with our partners. No, if we want pleasure, if we want joy, we have to create it. And so I realized how much if I shower him with joy, if I shower him with pleasure, when I shower him with fun, guess what he wants to do right back? He wants to give me that joy and that pleasure tenfold. And listen to me, ladies, if you are with someone who does not make your pleasure a priority, who does not want your fun and your pleasure and yes, your orgasm to come first, then you really need to consider if this is someone worth being. So I did this, and by the time my husband came up to our bedroom, his eyes were wide and, like, glistening. I could, like, it was like that euphoria, you know, was going through his whole body. I could see it. Healthy endorphins. It looked like he had, you know, just already had a great lovemaking session or already had a great run. And his cheeks were pink with anticipation. And we had the most fun evening. Connected, soft, loving holding each other in a bubble bath, enjoying a home-cooked meal with candles. And it gave me such pleasure, and it gave him such pleasure. So I have been making pleasure, I've been making fun a priority. And you know what? I need to do even more of it. Sometimes I get so in my head, I'll get so frustrated, like, why is the business not moving faster? Why hasn't this speaking contract coming through? How do I get in front of more audiences? And you know what I need to do instead? When I'm in that place, I'm in fear mode. I'm in my brain. I'm in fight flight. And then I'm actually like fighting the world. Like, oh, why can't I make this happen? You ever do that? Fight, fight, fight. What we need to do, ladies, instead is come back to our place of pleasure. We need to turn on the music and have another dance break. We need to put on a funny video clip and laugh. I'm not saying to never get angry, never get sad. Oh, no, 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 no. What this program that I'm doing with Regina is actually doing for me is it's helping me move my anger and my sadness and my grief and my depression and my anxiety through my body in healthier ways. Literally having a temper tantrum sometimes by myself, right? Instead of taking it out on my husband or taking it out on the person from Verizon Wireless, right? So I'm going to do another episode or probably 10 on anxiety and depression and working those feelings out. The important thing is that we come back to Micro moments, 30 seconds of fun through a dance break where you are releasing nitric oxide into your body. You are getting those healthy hormones, those endorphins that reduce stress, that dull pain, that give you euphoria. You are getting that through your body as often as you can. Laughter. I mean, there's a science to laughter because laughter has such great short-term and long-term health benefits. Laughing you know, laughing actually stimulates your organs, right? It enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air. So it stimulates your hearts and your lungs and your muscles. And it increases those healthy endorphins that are released by your brain. It activates and relieves your stress response. Laughter actually soothes tension because it can stimulate circulation. I mean, laughter, we actually need it. We think of it as like, oh, I'll laugh, you know, when I have time. No, no, no. Like, so if you work hard and work hard and work hard, and then you think, well, this, this weekend I'll have some fun. Do you know how much more productive you would be 
because of the way that the stress response works in your body, how much more productive you would be if you made laughter a priority every moment you did, every morning you did laughing yoga, or you watched a little clip that was funny, or the first five minutes of every staff meeting was something funny where you all laughed. What you actually would be doing is you would be more productive. You would end up more productive in that meeting because you would be helping ensure that everyone's blood was circulating well, that their prefrontal cortex was in a good place to be creative, to be better problem solvers. You'd be creating more trust and connection between people. So we have it backwards. We think work hard and then play hard. It's like, no, 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 play and then work. And laughter has long-term health benefits as well. It improves your immune system. Whereas what negative thoughts and stress actually does is it decreases your immunity because it literally, your body is attacked by cortisol and by hormones that are not meant to stay in your body for a long time. So negativity and stress and anxiety actually decrease your immune system. What laughter and positively does is that actually releases these neuropeptides that help fight stress. Laughter relieves pain. Do you ever notice that like when you're laughing, you, you forget about some other pain you were having? Not to mention, of course, how laughter improves your mood. And it's, it's amazing. A research study actually done in 2014 in Hong Kong found that people who, are, who have a great sense of humor, who laugh at life, right? It's what they call affiliative humor, actually predicted self-esteem and, of course, increased happiness. As opposed to some people are funny in that because they're degrading toward themselves or other people, that kind of humor actually does the opposite. It takes away from your self-esteem. So humor really matters. Fun really matters. Your pleasure matters. And by the way, yes, your self-pleasure matters too. In fact, a research study from 2015 showed that women who masturbate, who self-pleasure, had significantly more orgasms, greater sexual desire, higher self-esteem, and greater marital satisfaction. And it required less time to be sexually aroused just because they were engaging in self-pleasure. Here's the thing. We have to remove the stigma around this, the stigma that our fun and our pleasure doesn't matter, that it should come last Well, if we want our kids to be having fun, right? Like you're driving all day long so that your kids can be having fun going to soccer or going to Taekwondo class or having play dates. You're spending your whole time so they can have fun. Where are they actually going to learn how to live life as an adult from? They're going to learn it from you. So you can't expect them to have a life of fulfillment and happiness if you are not modeling that for them. Not to mention, as you create a life of fulfillment and happiness and laughter and pleasure and joy, your temper is going to be better with them. You're going to be less reactive with them. You're going to be able to let more slide off when, let's say, your in-laws upset you. If you're loving yourself and you're loving your life and you're laughing and you're enjoying and you're feeling satisfied sensually, sexually, emotionally, physically, all of the above, more rolls off. This matters. 
We have to get over this belief that our pleasure, that our joy does not matter. Nothing matters more. Because as the major caretakers of the children, as the major caretakers of the home, as being in the workplace, at least in half numbers, I I saw something recently that women are actually, there are more women in the workplace than men. So I have to validate that study. But either way, either it's 50-50 or it's a little bit more. Our joy matters. And our joy is therefore going to impact everyone else around us. But we've got to get over this idea that our joy is self-indulgent or narcissistic or unimportant. Nothing is more important than our joy. In fact, in one of her books, Regina Thomashauer talks about how we actually can create lives of pleasure. So I told you to run out and get the Pussy, the book called Pussy, and I highly recommend it. I have been reading another one of her books called Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. And each of these arts is how to become a woman who loves herself. She even has a chapter in here about the art of flirting. And she talks about how flirting is not about the other person that you're flirting with. Flirting is for you. Flirting is for you to have fun with life for you to enjoy it, for you to feel your own sensuality, for you to love yourself and crack up with yourself and entertain yourself. Can you imagine a world where we didn't rely on our partners for our entertainment, but we were just entertaining on our own? Now that is powerful. She also has a chapter in here called The Womanly Art of Having Fun No Matter What. And this is huge. Can you imagine being in a boring meeting and just deciding in that moment that you were going to have fun? And you can come up with all sorts of ways to have fun. You could plan a big party in your head while nodding at what the boss is saying. You could begin thinking about how you might please your lover later. You could begin thinking about how you're going to please yourself later. You could decide that you were going to bring donuts or some other kind of fun treat, cappuccinos for everyone to the next meeting. You could suggest to your boss that you start off every meeting with a few moments of laughter. Having fun no matter what. And this is really changing my life because there are so many moments of the day that are not fun. And so many times I notice that I begin to go into a place of frustration or reaction and my temper And when I can choose to pause and take a deep breath and slow it down and then check in with long-term, how is this going to matter to me? Who do I want to be in this moment? I always want to be someone who is creating joy, who is inspiring others. And so I have a long way to go to actually always be that. I don't know that I'll ever always be that, but to ground into what is fun for me, to take my own pleasure and my own joy seriously, that is going to be the most inspiring thing I can do for anyone else. Because as I am having more joy, right? I shared with you that my husband and I just got this apartment in New York and it might seem ridiculous, but it brings me so much joy. The more joy I feel, the more I'm going to be able to serve you. Travel. I love traveling. So what I did for my business is I pick places that I love to go. Like one of my next retreats is in Greece. 
Uh, I have a retreat coming up in August that's in Miami, Florida. I pick places that bring me joy and then I invite you to come. So the more joy I'm in, the more I can impact you. And the same is true of you and your colleagues. The same is true of you and your family. The same is true of you and your community, you and your neighbors. It is time that we make our joy, that we make our pleasure a priority. And remember, this has nothing to do with the other person. It is all about you. Because as you take care of your own pleasure and your own joy, you will lift up everyone around you. So I want to leave you with a couple of purpose power tips. Number one is to get clear on what is joyful for you. It's going to be different for you than it is for me, and that's great. For you, it might be Sephora and some you know, makeup stores, or for you, it might be fashion. For you, it might be painting pottery. Whatever it is, let's make that a priority, like a monthly date with yourself. Figure it out. And then number two is a monthly fun date for no other reason than it is filling you with healthy endorphins. It is getting all 8,000 of those nerve endings going. It is giving you that better stress response. And number three, and this one is a little bit racy, learn your own sexual and sensual pleasure. Let yourself have fun with yourself. Look at your underwear drawer. Is it drab? Does it bring you down? Is it filled with kind of stained underwear? Treat yourself. It doesn't cost a lot of money. On Amazon, you can find great underwear, great lingerie. I just bought, I just got rid of a bunch of my sleepwear because I was sleeping in old t-shirts and replaced it with silky pajamas and about three different sets for $19.99 each. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but I love wearing them. I feel sexy. I feel sensual. And it's for me, regardless of what my husband thinks, it's for me to feel beautiful. So I want you to take care of yourself, your pleasure, sensually and sexually too. You matter. Your pleasure matters. Your joy matters. With that, I hope you have a beautiful day. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would bring me tons of pleasure for you to give it a five-star rating, for you to give it a review. I read all of your reviews so that I know what you're liking and what you want and what you want differently. Please download the episode, subscribe to it, send it to your friends, tell your friends about this podcast. I am so passionate about creating a community worldwide of women who stand up and claim that our joy matters, our happiness matters, our purpose matters. And for more, of course, go to purposegirl.com. There you can get my free gifts. There you can find out about the retreats I'm holding, about how to work with me one-on-one and how to contact me. Of course, you can find me on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockhind, and on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. And as always, most importantly, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. Thanks for joining me today, love. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.